B C A B C A B C A B C A B C A B C Welcome everyone to Uppy in the Stash. I'm your host, Uppy. With me, back from the state of Colorado, the first state to legalize marijuana, is Stash. How are you doing, Stash? How are you feeling? Man, I am feeling like a million bucks. It's awesome to be back after a long vacation. Uh, Little Stash and Mrs. Stash, we've spent a lot of time together. I'm surprised nobody's dead. Um, Not from the adventure, but from killing each other. Uh, you know, <laughs> spending that kind of quality time in that close range uh, after about four years is a um, is a, an endeavor on its own. But it was good to reconnect. Uh, the Betty Ford Center. I submitted my uh, registration. I will need to go there to detox from all of the uh, cores that I drank <laughs> because it was so abundant. Right. <laughs> in in the one place that it is actually. Uh, brewed also side notes um i did not know and learned this uh, while i was there both um fat tire and um blue moon blue moon's my favorite beer are brewed in colorado i did not know that i knew blue moon was, was pretty- shock top is the um the anheuser-busch equivalent huh yeah, no, but Fat Tire, Fat Tire yeah, is top also is a, is a Heiser Bush equivalent to Blue Moon. Oh, is it? Um, mm-hmm. So it's, 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 it's like Natty Light and um, Keystone Light. They're the same beer, just different yeah. company. But, but <laughs> um, um, Colorado likes to uh, boast the fact that they have so many microbrews and stuff that are there. However... Mm-hmm. It is a little bit more difficult to get those microbrews um, than most people think that, um, you know, you would think that it's so abundant you can get it anywhere. Not really. Um, when you're an outsider like me going in, you're like, always oh, hey, like, I want to try something new. So you, you'd have to go to a micro pub um, and with uh, four-year-olds, um, some of these beer garden places are not exactly um, family oriented <laughs> so right. you know you can't just go and say hey yeah all this. yeah yeah so um it's 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 sometimes it's quite limited i did try um quite a bit of good beer um and i would say that they definitely love their um pale ales mm. that's that, and and i've had some i'm not a biggest fan but man did i have some good pale ales where i stuck to them religiously throughout the whole trip um or i didn't i didn't, what you I didn't try tonight? anything else uh well tonight we are trying an india pale ale of jameson whiskey so jameson has uh paired up um with a brewer a brewery i should say and they are um uh putting their whiskey inside of ipa barrels or vice versa and uh, and then putting them back out again, which is about um, anywhere between a four to six year process. So Jameson's probably a little bit longer. 
So this is probably something mm. in the making. And so it's super awesome and it's super delicious and it's um, a one of a kind and super clear. It's not very dark, um, mm-hmm. which is quite weird for IPA, you know, um, mm-hmm. but damn, it's amazing. And what are you drinking? <laughs> I am drinking. Um, so if you remember a few months back, we were recording a show of Uppy in the Stash where I was drinking a beer called Merle. It was a hazy double IPA from uh, Dust Bowl Brewing. And it was part of what I read off the can. It said it was part of the Music Man series. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if that means there's going to be more down the line. Well, there is more down the line. They released another one, and it is called Buck. Buck is another hazy double IPA. And um, it's not as good as the first one. I'm drinking it because I bought it kind of thing. Like, I bought two cans of it. This is a 16-ounce can. I had one the other day. I kind of did the bitter beer face the whole way through. And um, I'm kind of doing it again tonight, but... Um, I always like to try to do something different every week on our show, and uh, this keeps up with that tradition. But um, not my favorite are the ones I've featured here. But um, again, uh, Dust Bowl Brewing, if you're listening, um, with a simple sponsor, I am willing to drink this proudly and read whatever you want me to say about it. Now do so with yes. the most enthusiasm you've ever heard, and it's okay to use your Twitter. I've been trying to contact you. <laughs> and so, yes, we will. Yes, we will. We'll even wear the. We'll even we'll even wear the shirts while we're podcasting, you know, so you can see it on video. Um, um, but I I would say this much: your blondes are uh, absolutely amazing. Um, that was the most smoothest and um, easiest drink that, and I love blondes. Those are, that's like my go-to and that was, that was, that was pretty damn good. Right. Dust Bowl Brewing. Yeah. I, I, if you want me to critique your beer, uh, go ahead and give us a, give us a call or a a tweet or DM us and we will, um, you know, reach out to you. I'm not asking for a lot of money, just some free beer and a brief (laughs) statement you chose for me to say about it and I will do so. Again, I can be, or at least, or at least, or at least a spot where you can um, uh, pay our uh, our storage fee. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want, one or the other, recording quality to be yeah. a little bit better, you can pay for the IPDTL instead of the Squadcast. Oh, yeah, gonna cool. awesome. Shout out to Squadcast. Yeah, we, we love you. Squadcast. Thank you so much, Squadcast. Yeah, we love you. Don't we're we're not we're not the redheaded stepchild type of stuff, but we love you. Squadcast gave us a good home. They provided what we needed at a cost we could afford, and gave us something and great support. Oh man, their customer service is great. Every time I've had to say, "Hey, a file's missing," Um, they give themselves a twenty-four to forty-eight hour window to uh, fulfill your dreams and wishes. But in my experience Mm -hmm. with them in this past week is they get back to you within literally about an hour. Um, anytime yeah. I reached out to them, they had the file I asked for within about an hour. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it's processing time. Um, and you gotta, you have to say that uh, they're probably a mom-and-pop shop that are set up somewhere in a mm-hmm. very small building on a very small lease on, you know. And so, and, and it's just processing. It's just pushing it through. Yeah. So, so thank you, Squadcast. Yes, thank, thank you, everybody. thank you. Thank I'm you. in a good mood. Yeah. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I yeah, as you should be, as someone who recently went back to work. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> while you were gone, 
Uh, yeah, so what relating to earthquakes happened uh, starting or ending with on Saturday, we went to a major league soccer game in San Jose and saw the earthquakes beat the Real Salt Lake team one to nothing. Now, in your old was it field, a good game? It was the the one goal that came through came in, in the ninety second minute. So we had resigned ourselves to the point where we're like, yeah, this is probably going to be a tie, but it's okay. You know, it's soccer. It's good action. It's fun. It was cheap. We only spent twenty three bucks a ticket. I uh, can't beat that. And we had a good time. And um, I'm not sure if you remember this because you used to fly in and out of San Jose International quite often. Um, the stadium's right there, so if you're kind of getting bored with the action on the field, you can just watch the Southwest Plains land on the runways. So nice, yeah. But um, I didn't have to do that much, you know. But it, it was a good time. We had a great we had a great night. Uh, we paid for the platinum parking, so we were right next to the stadium. We got right out, right back on the freeway. Um, no back issue. home. At all with anything other than the price of beer was fucking expensive. Like, <laughs> was it 10, 15? Huh? Was it 10, 15, 12? Uh, 12 to 15 for the range. Price of beer? You're talking like, honestly, like the Dang. 10 shops. It wasn't even like, you know, I mean, I got Mrs. Shock Top tall can for like 12. So at least I, but I got myself like a Lagunitas uh, Hop Stupid double IPA. And it probably cost me more. It probably cost me about fourteen. And it literally was maybe like an eight to ten ounce cup. It wasn't a lot of beer. So that's where they get you. They don't get you in the um, price per ticket, but they get you in the beer sales. It kind of sucks because the Coors Field out in Colorado, they were like big old tall cans, you know, for twelve bucks. Right, right. Yeah, you were paying. You were paying the price of a twelve pack, but it wasn't. <laughs> you come to expect that going to sporting event. I mean, I've been to like places like Pittsburgh, PNC Park, where I could get a, you know, a decent beer for like six dollars. You know, six bucks. Yeah. You know, but um, anyway, yeah. but the main earthquake thing that you missed, Fourth um, of July that morning. Um, about 130 miles north of you. I double-checked on the Google Maps because I know you were away from home. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, 6.6 on 4th of July. And I'm up here in Modesto, so I'm 230 miles away from Ridgecrest. Um, I didn't feel the first one, but I knew something was kind of up. Like, it was about 10, 10.30 in the morning, and uh, Mrs. Eppy had to work. Uh, I think 11.45 to 8.45 that day. So around 10 o'clock, she went to go back to the back of our house where our master bath is to uh, take a shower. And she had been gone a while. I was like staring at my computer, editing one of our um, many shows that just got put up on SoundCloud. And after time enough that I thought she was well into her shower, she came back out to our dining table and um, was taking a drink of water. And she was standing by the part of the table where um, if you stood up and you were kind of of average height, you could actually hit your head on our dining room light. Um, because it, there's a reason why the table isn't centered underneath it. There, there's just a reason why. We're not just weirdos or anything. Um, but she had been gone a while. And it was my dining room light was swaying pretty heavily. But I'm looking at it and I'm like, I felt I never thought earthquake. I'll just be honest. I never thought earthquake. You know, I've never felt one 
before in my life. And I felt compelled to go back there just to ask her if she hit her head on the light when she walked out, <laughs> even though it had been like 10 minutes. And then uh, by the time she did get out, I went back and I said, well, hey, did you hit your head on the light when you went to go take a shower? And she said, no. And she's like, she's saying how, well, she's like, well, I've noticed that sometimes when the air conditioning kicks on, it moves a little. And um, that's not a terrible explanation because um, my house was built in 1950. We have a flat roof. Our HVAC is uh, roof mounted and it's right above our dining room table. But I didn't sit there and think, well, it wouldn't be swelling swelling that much. I would have noticed that by now, you know. And then uh, by the time she came out, word had gotten around on Facebook that there was an earthquake. And I was like, oh, that must be why. And again, because I didn't feel it, I I really didn't think much of it. But then the next night, um, about 8.30 or so, the 7.1 hit. And I was, um, again, sitting in the same spot, (laughs) editing more, upping the stash. And uh, my chair started to move. But even then, right away, I didn't think, hey, earthquake. Because, <laughs> you know, usually the big one's first, and there's a bunch yeah. of smaller aftershocks. You don't think the bigger one's yeah. coming after the first big one. And I thought maybe there's an animal grooming itself next to my chair. And just, you know, because, you know, we have three cats. And uh, if you have cats, you know that they uh, um, they can generate some force when they're, like, you know, scratching or, you know, grooming themselves. So I thought maybe the cat was just pushing my chair around. And then I look back at the light and it was swinging again. I'm like, oh, Another fucking earthquake. You're welcome. <laughs> and that was legit the first yeah. one I ever felt. And um, that's when I, you know, I texted you. I was like, man, because I, I, I knew you were half as, you were half the distance from it as I was. And I was legit worried because I, I couldn't imagine um, being away from home and having that happen and not knowing how your home is, you know. Um so it was just crazy. So I was just kind of wondering um, how were how were things on your end, and do you have any um, having been a all your life or SoCal resident? Do you have any earthquake stories from like from previous years? Oh, oh yeah. Um, well, uh, uh, Sister Stash, I would say, is was uh, quite terrified and said, "Can I?" stay at your house and it's like it's not any safer than your house <laughs> type of, you know? but it but more of like comfort of being around numbers type of thing um yeah i've let's see that was probably the first uh earthquake i've ever missed i've been in california for uh since 1983 uh, which is a long time in california terms <laughs> and houses terms as well um <clears throat> Everything worked out down here. They just they just said it felt like it wasn't going to end. It was quite long, um, longer than usual. <laughs> it kind of just kept going, um, and it was it was more of a rolling than it was a shaking. So um, it was a bit weird for for some, um, but this is part of it. This is this is what we uh, expect in California. We've got seasons. It's either fire season. Um, earthquake season or an award season mm-hmm. and so you know it's it's kind of happens but i do have a funny story uh it was about 2007 mm-hmm. and um there was an earthquake then and um we felt it here at least at, at least where, where i live at and I, and at the time i was staying with my family um and the house began to shake really bad and i was telling everybody to stay calm 
and uh, to you know get 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 under their shelter or whatever in place as I was running out the building at the same time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so as you can imagine, I'm yelling, "It's all right, everybody, stay calm!" I'm running out. So uh, yeah, that's that's my funny story. But it's kind um, of a the faux pas. Earliest, aren't you supposed to stay inside during an earthquake because things could fall on you? Yeah, but. yeah, but. Um, um, I guess I was so freaked out of being inside. I had just mm. got back from Yosemite. Mm. That I, my first natural reaction was to go outside so that I, I would feel comfortable mm. again because um, I had just spent so much time outside. But the first big earthquake that I've ever felt was uh, Northridge. Mm. And and that, that was, was 1994, I think. Four. Yeah. Uh, four. I remember Northridge was 94. One. Buildings collapsed on each other, freeways collapsed, and that was absolutely nuts. And I remember that as a kid. And um, so um, I'm glad everybody's safe. Um, Ridgecrest, from what I hear now, uh, had some significant damages to some buildings. Um, but I would say as someone who works in the trade of, of uh, knowing buildings and codes and whatnot, um, they, were, they were significantly older. And not, um, and it's not their fault. It's, 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 um, Ridgecrest is not a rich area. Um, it's, you know, not proper maintenance in the sense of them keeping up with, um, elect electrical equipment outlets, mm -hmm. um, um, maintenance outside their building as well of where their trees are, limbs and whatnot. And so sometimes when you see these fires that you say that uh, have happened, it's because of those things. And, and I feel, I feel sad um, because most likely they probably didn't even have adequate um, insurance on, on their property. And so they may not even be able to reclaim. Yeah. As my dad uh, texted me so, today, he's like, where are you on earthquake insurance? I was like, I, you know, <laughs> it's Monday. It's the first back to business day. I just got off of work. Um, you know, so I, I will be, it's my intent in the near future to add earthquake insurance. Um, I'll be honest in my own ignorance. I always kind of, to myself, I mocked my parents for having it. Um, but it was it was a huge eye opener. I mean, not that 7.1s happen often; they don't. But the the thing that really opened my mind was the fact that it was that far away. I felt the same thing that someone in Las Vegas felt, and Las Vegas is eight hours from where I live, and Sacramento yeah. felt it. Sacramento is like another eight. 90 miles north of me. The zone, so I was like, well, what if it's not, what if the next one's closer? You know, what could happen? Then I'm screwed if something does happen to my house and I don't have the insurance for earthquakes. And then, so yeah, I'll be, I'll be adding earthquake insurance. My dad said, at least with his company that, um, his insurance is only like a hundred dollars a year to add it. And I'm like, well, if you, yeah, it's like, you should have told me it was that cheap. I mean, cause That's he, he bad. always, whenever he, whenever he talked about it, I wasn't an adult yet. And he's very terrible when it comes to context. And I'm not sure if sometimes it's on purpose. But he's like, oh, people just say it's expensive. Yeah. They don't ever have it because it's expensive. It's like, well, to me, $100 a year <laughs> split between 12 well, no, months. It was. It was. It was. Prior to that, prior to that, it was far more expensive. I mean, mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're looking back as far as 2008, it was just – it was so expensive that nobody was buying it. Even when people were like, uh, we were in that time after that earthquake, I looked into it 
it was at, it was just at phenomenal on how much they were charging um and and now it's gone down quite a bit mm-hmm. like actually a, probably by 50% it should come down even more but still i think that what the legislators need to do is they need to add this into a policy where they say you have to you have to offer it right it, this it, this can't be a separate thing anymore right it's it's um it's it's so it's a travesty because they go uh, for example, flood insurance out in, in the Midwest and the Plains area, it's not offered, right? Really? They, people have to buy, buy into it, yeah. But 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 here's the thing, though. Oftentimes with the flood insurance in the Plains areas is that the reason why the government was subsidizing it and it was so cheap at certain places was because at the time we were moving people into those areas to, to, to farm uh, and to provide food for America. Right. And whatnot. Right. And, you know, cotton and, and those types of um, needs that we had. And mm. so that's why they were subsidizing. And that's why sometimes a lot of it is those flood insurance are subsidized. And when we have these natural disasters about floods, they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, we got it. We got to um, add more money to the flood insurance, the national flood insurance. It's like, well, wait a minute. Why do we have to add subsidize these national flood insurances? Is because as America, we put people in those places that we knew these things would happen. Right. So we're ensuring the fact that you can get back your back to your workload, and ensuring the fact that we can get the products and you know the merchandise and stuff that we need back out and into our economy. So that's um, it's it's part socialism, part capitalism. You know, like. Right, it's weird. Yeah, and I, I hate we living, need that in California. I hate living in an area where I have to write about both flood and earthquake, <laughs> and they're not yeah, both just yeah. standard <laughs> the homeowners insurance, yeah. <laughs> right? So no, no. it's just it's, it's so crazy. Shit. Up, yeah, it's, it sucks. At the end, at the end of the day, bought, I, yeah. At the end of the day, I was just more happy for you that you know you were kind of gone. Because I mean, you, you never know. Like I, um, Mrs. Eppy has relatives in Hemet, and uh, for those who don't know, Hemet's about twenty, thirty minutes from where you live, um, to the south, I think. Yeah, about that. And um, so Mrs. Eppy's cousin, who we visited when we were down there, um, you know, they they had definite movement. You know, he said he kind of had to <laughs> hold on to his uh, fish tank because the water was sloshing around. You know, and I, so I. Well, I would have hated to have to worry like you would have had to, like, hey, I'm not home to know what's going on. But at least you didn't have to have little stash live through it and have to, you know, be on that end of it, I guess you could say. I mean, you never know how yeah, the kids are going to be in such a situation, how you're going to have to calm them down or explain it to them and let them know that don't worry, it's okay. Um, so at least he, I, I, you averted that crisis. We've already had um, before that we've had like little three or fours down mm-hmm. here a couple of times, but they were so quick that I, I I freak out. I wake up like the minute I feel like anything movement, mm-hmm. I'm I'm like again I'm running out of the building. <laughs> but but that's me. But but um, but no one even woke up. Like literally, like he just laid there. Like <laughs> it was nothing. It was passed out at three in the morning. So now me. Fucking anything starts moving, I'm I'm running out the building. I don't want anything to fall on me. I'm trying to get yeah, out. Yeah, that. But that there's seven, a lot of stuff. Up there, so. That that seven point one happened right after we got little Uppy to bed, 
Um, she had only been in bed 15 minutes, and she got up after that. Not because she didn't say, hey, I, my bed was moving. It's just she got up, and um, I figured, hey, something weird happened. She was probably still awake, and, yeah, it happens. I mean, other than that, she doesn't get out of bed. When we put her to bed, she stays in bed, but not that night. So, um, But, you know, it, it, I, I do have to say um, – it's kind of weird because sometimes, like, um, so I think about, like, in terms of social media and my Facebook and stuff, sometimes I'll see names, like, mm-hmm. I'll see names on my friends list. I'm like, <laughs> I do literally ask this, like, is that a California person or a Pennsylvania person? Like, how do I know this person? And uh, it's the one time that, like, pretty much my entire timeline on Facebook was in unison. Everyone was, you know, no, we were no longer liberals and conservatives, Democrats and Republicans. Uh, it was hey, we're all Californians who uh, went through an earthquake and everyone was just posting earthquake stuff. So it was kind of nice to see everyone on the same page, literally and figuratively for once. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. But welcome just, home, Just man. a couple of FYIs. Yeah, thank you. Just a couple of FYIs for you um, California people that are listening to us. Um, there are um, specialty equipments out there for you. Um, there is also the California um, Earthquake Authority Go to their website. Definitely check them out. Um, there are different products that are out there that you can find at your hardware store. That's um, one that turns off your gas and any type of that, any types of big movements, um, which is pretty cool. So if you're not, not able to get outside and do that, um, if you don't, if you don't get those things, do the most basic things as as putting out a uh, um, some type of crescent wrench, um, you know, mm-hmm. near your gas area, so that you're able to turn it off if you have to go out there. Um, not, right. not very much. You're looking about seven bucks, you know, um, uh, get, get yourself straps, um, uh, you know, plumbers, plumbers tape, or, you know, what, what they'd call it or earth could straps for your, for your water heater. So that doesn't fall over, um, you know, start looking at things and, and, and start bolting and nailing things down, go out to your right. local hardware store, spend those 12 cents a screw, um, and get prepared. You know, sometimes you might have to shelter in place. Uh, we've thought about it quite a bit. And, uh, you know, get, you, there's a lot of five gallon, um, rain tanks that you rain, rain, uh, rain buckets you can get, um, to have yourself prepared, you know, water's going to be the most important thing. Um, uh, we can survive without food for quite a bit of time. Um, but what well, water you, you can't, um, you mm-hmm. know, have propane ready, have, have yourself available to do these things. Um, so, but anyways, I'm, I'm happy to be don't ever even think that um, – just as a precaution, because I did read um, there's a – I forget the percentage. There is a chance that they said that within the next week there's going to be one more 6.0 or greater earthquake. Um, that's coming from, like, the people who <laughs> – seismologists who do this for a living. Um, but don't ever, ever – do everything Steph said. Anchor things that are six feet or taller, or even less than six feet if you want to be safe. Um, get all those necessary supplies. From what I understand, Costco did very well over the weekend. And um, mm-hmm. don't put yourself in a position where you're going to count on FEMA to do something because with our president, I would not count on him yeah. to help us out in the event that we needed help because he is just a fucking dickhead who hates us because we're all mm-hmm. libtards. <laughs> so so uh, take care of you. You know, do, take take your own responsibility. And, yeah. Yeah, do do what's best for you and your family, and then, and hopefully, none of us need it. Obviously, uh, what I, I feel as though um, not everyone has, you know, got out, you know, as easily as we did this past week. But 
Um, yeah. It could have been a lot worse, especially if it was a different fault. So let's counter blessings what ones we do have and just hope we don't need to face those situations. But it's a good reminder without much damage to think, hey, there's more we could all do, myself included. We don't have an emergency 72-hour kit. We need to get on that and not be household. Yeah. And um, just be ready because yeah. we don't know. I mean, it, the, these things just came out of nowhere. I mean, and it, it kind of – be honest, like I said, I had never been through it before myself. I grew up in Pennsylvania. Earthquakes was something I watched on TV in 1989 in October during the World Series. That's something I watched on TV. The Northridge earthquake uh, stash that you mentioned before, that was something I watched on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first time it affected me, and it kind of it kind of um, threw me for a mental loop for about 24 hours thinking, shit, <laughs> it's me now, and I do yeah. have to worry about these things. So, um yeah. With that said, um, we are just going to step away and take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to um, find out from Stash how his wonderful, beautiful Colorado vacation turned out, and um, maybe we can get some details on maybe some minor fights that he got into because any of us who are in a long-term relationship knows you spend that much time with each other after a few days. Stupid shit will happen. Something's bound to happen. <laughs> yeah, something's bound to happen, and right, it y'all. did. <laughs> Stay tuned. All right. Stay tuned. We've been on the run, driving in the sun, looking out for number one. California, here we come, right back where we started from. Well, hustles, grab your gun, your shadow weighs a ton. Driving down the 101 California, here we come Right back where we started from California Welcome back, everybody, to the Uppy and Stash Show. It's been great to be on vacation. Those who can do it, I say do it. And if you can't, you know what? Take a one day. Do something different. Disconnect from social media. Um, turn the phone off. Uh, watch Travel Channel. and Watch other people take a vacation, which I've done for quite a number of years as well. But it was awesome. Colorado was by far... Um, one of the best places to visit after not visiting states for a while. I've been to Missoula, Montana, which is absolutely beautiful as well. I've been to um, North Carolina, um, but I've been to the Hicks, the Hick, Hick country of North Carolina, as they would say. I was out in Conover, uh, North Carolina, which is a very small town, very small area. Um, so I've I've been around Chicago. Um, Washington, D.C., but to be able to reconnect, I guess, with um, where you live and as you are as an American, Colorado is one of the best places to visit. Uh, I spent time in um, Aurora, Denver area, and um, unfortunately, um, and fortunately, I didn't go down to the movie theater. I, I wanted to, but I didn't. Um, Denver is just almost exactly like uh, San Diego, when you go to the downtown area of San Diego and watch the games, 
it's almost exactly the same thing. That's all you're going to get. Bars, restaurants, a lot of young people out hanging out and drinking and having fun. And no fights. <laughs> it's almost perfect. It's like San Diego. That's exactly what it reminded me of. I went to watch the Dodgers, uh, excuse me, watch the uh, Colorado Rockies play the Dodgers at the at the stadium at Coors. And it was um, phenomenal. Everybody was really nice. Um, no issues. Um, and I actually did the one thing that I never really ever do at a stadium. I wore sandals. And uh, I never got my foot stepped or pissed on the entire time, which was kind of Well, crazy. you did get to a baseball weird. game, and those fans are – baseball fans are a lot more docile. Way different. Um, yeah. <laughs> very um, different. It, it, it cool. Out. I was very happy. It was very and happy, man. It was um, – it San Francisco, so at least you didn't have that, so – I was at, I was jealous. Yeah. You, know, you were um, you were there. You sent me a lovely photo of your seat at the stadium, and um, as you know, I I'm a fan of going to um, going to baseball games in different cities when mm-hmm. I had the chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm jealous that your team was actually playing there when you had the chance. Um, I haven't been that lucky, but um, wow, right? Yeah. I was at mm-hmm. I was at Lowe's uh, buying sand for the pool. We were. Um, putting out, so I was doing something completely different at that time. Um, <laughs> but did you? It was, uh, it was absolutely. Did you uh, end up? Um, did you make it to the buckhorn exchange to eat? No, and here's why: the price. So, so, so no. So everybody. So, so nobody knows is that. Uh, the last leg of our trip on our 10 day, we um, went to Boulder uh, because they had one of they've had one of the best kept secrets of um, seeing a fireworks show on the 4th of July, hmm. which actually it was. It was one of the best kept secrets because you could actually get a seat and um, and watch the show um, and not be harassed. <laughs> and it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we walked in, sat down, saw the show for free, which, which the beginning kind of was not that great, but dang, they brought it at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went to the Rocky mountains national park, which was absolutely beautiful. Um, and I spent time in my national parks at about 9,000 feet. So I know what it feels like to be up that high. Um, but we went in through one end, which was the boulder end. I would I would call it the boulder end mm-hmm. because that's the one of the ways to get. And then we came out the other part of the park. And um, by the time we got back down into Denver area to get back to the hotel to Denver National Airport, um, it was about 9 p.m., 9.30. And the restaurant closed at 11 so we got in with enough time to check in and eat at the restaurant and the hotel and then go back up and basically crash take a shower and crash did you see um after a, mm-hmm. did you see uh so i i've been to denver international once but it was there as a layover mm-hmm. of course brand new and uh for those of you out there who have time on their hands um and you love conspiracy theories, just Google the construction of the airport. You can just end up going down to a deep, dark rabbit hole um, after many hours. But the thing I'm curious about is because, um, as you know, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. 
and I listened to a podcast, which is a daily radio show called Cleveland Browns Daily. And the Browns had a game in Denver last year, and they talked a lot about the statue outside the airport called Blue Suffer. It's a blue horse with, like, red eyes. Hmm. They say, don't look at it. Did you see that by chance, leaving the airport? Did you see Blue Suffer? Um, when I left and coming back, uh, I don't remember seeing it, but I wasn't – nothing – Nothing about it leaving the airport or going to the airport. Um, well, no. Going back to the airport, did I finally notice that freaking Denver looked like a bunch of tents <laughs> lined up as their mm-hmm. – <laughs> it was weird like how they – so, you know, you go in to check in on one place, but the way you leave on the other end is different. And so I guess the airports are trying to get into this same routine mm-hmm. and – um it looked like a bunch of tents. That was the only thing that stuck out to me that was, like, really odd. Like, if you want a Google what, map, what the, and I don't think it's a conspiracy, but it's just how it happened with, you know, how the elevation and, you know, the winds. Um, the basic general um, figure of the runway system there is in the shape of a swastika. Is it? I I, I, I believe that because of, of um, they switched us around and um, mid mid. That are like, hey, we gotta like flip around really fast, <laughs> and 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 I I believe that the only reason why is because I've never um been to any airport where you walk into a restroom and it says um t- tornado um recovery area or tornado tornado wow. um area that you can you can hang out here if there's ever a tornado and yes. so um because words words like tornado don't don't um. Um, fit into the vocabulary of a Californian like myself. So when when uh, Mrs. Dash and I saw that, we were like, "What the fuck? Like, what did we what did we just get ourselves into?" Um, well, in Denver, I'd find that a bit surprising, but um, I know how you felt. That's how we felt the first time we went to uh, Bush Stadium in St. Louis. Um, that each of the last two summers, yeah. we saw a Cardinals game there, and. Each bathroom has that on. It's like, hey, tornado. Sickness. I think they label it like severe weather um, shelter. Yeah. Um, just crazy. I was like, oh, shit. You know, people go to baseball games and have to worry Do you about- know why, though? Do you know why Why restrooms are the ones that we, we have to go to? Yeah. Uh, to you know, to, to shelter. I mean, they're, they're mostly made it's- out of break. They're, they're most fortified, and there's lack of windows. Lack of windows are very important yeah. in that tornado situation uh, hold on one second the garage door wasn't closing and uh, I got out there and fixed it <laughs> so, <laughs> dang okay so, uh, <clears throat> it's because well, it's we left and I didn't we put the I have a lock for the garage door mm-hmm. that goes into the side right so it goes like that and so the garage door and because it doesn't censor it, it'll keep trying to open no matter what happens and it'll stop. Uh, and so she had to use a hammer to hit it out and it opened the garage finally, right? Mm-hmm. When generally you were supposed to do it, you're supposed to unlock it from the latch and then roll it up, go out and then push it back down and make it latch again. But I showed her that and you know nobody listens to me around here. So <laughs> the fuck? Fuck do I know? The professionals at work tell me what to do. So, 
Anyways, <laughs> so that's that, that was that that whole thing about why isn't it? Cl- yeah. So, but nobody listens to me, right? I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So, just, somebody calls someone's dad, and they're like, "My dad's coming to fix it." And I'm like, I just told you, like, talk, talk to professional. So. <laughs> Anyways, that's that's another episode. <laughs> why no one at home takes us seriously? Part one thousand. Right, <laughs> part one thousand. So, uh, so let me kind of talk to you. Um, I have a chance to educate you on something. I will talk. Okay, I will talk you through uh, the earthquake drill that is taught in school. Okay, that's that tornado. Sorry, you know the earthquake drill. Tornado. I, I never got. I know there could, but I don't know the tornado. I don't know any tornado. So basically, uh, it scares the shit out. Of me. Right. I don't remember doing them too much later in my school years, but I know like. I distinctly remember having to do them like in kindergarten, first and second grade. So we would go out to the hallway. We would, you know, um, you'd find like the one wall that had like the whole class, all the classes. You know, there was one wall that was like built without windows, I think, um, probably for this purpose. And you go to that wall and then you get it like on all fours. And the whole goal was like to tuck your head as close to your crotch as you could and like put your hands over your neck to protect your neck. So the whole point is you're hiding your head and protecting your neck. And it's very uncomfortable and you have to hold it for a really long time. And so when I hear like bathroom and like severe storm um, shelter at like a professional sporting event, it makes me laugh because I'm I'm thinking in my head, you know, as a student going through the um, tornado drill, that's the last place I'm going to, perform that maneuver <laughs> it's on a yeah. peace out floor yeah. <laughs> men's room at a baseball yeah. game but yeah so that is if you were uh if you grew up in you know the great lakes region or the plains and um and had to do the tornado drill that's what you would have done you you would have been um very uncomfortable for a while um, but it was necessary because it could yeah. happen it never did thankfully but it could have so that's why we got to do that yeah so and I understand that your equivalent yeah. was learning the earthquake drill. Yeah, that's um, I, I, you know, when when you see the tornado symbol and it's like this is where you shelter in place, right? It it does give um someone who's never been around it a whole mm-hmm. different sense of like um, what the fuck? Really, it does. It does. <laughs> it really does because you never see it, and then here you are in a very public place in a very um, busy mm-hmm. public place and it happens right or it doesn't happen but you see it somehow it's supposed to stick and um this is kind of funny because things like this stick in my head that you're not used to seeing and so um it did it did that along with my um situation at garden of the gods that i texted you about mm-hmm. <laughs> while we were while i was there <laughs> so um it's like that you know like these these things but I hope to never experience a tornado mm. um, firsthand. I only hope to experience it um, about five miles away, chasing it um, with little round balls mm. that can uh, determine speed. And I'm in a truck um, with Bill Paxton, but he's dead. So see, I would have, I would have actually, as much as he bugged me for a long time, I would have chose Reed Clinton. <laughs> I, I would trust Reed yeah? to get me as close as I could. But he lost Joel, his driver. Joel was like the dude who yeah. had the stones to do it. 
Um, and he died a few years yeah. ago too, but, um, yeah, yeah I mean, tornado, yeah. tornado, um, never had to chasen, never had to live through one myself, but I've gone through my fair share of like very, um, ominous and eerie storms where, uh, that's eerie with two E's, not the city. Um, where it's the middle of the day and the sky goes pitch black or puke green. Um, it, it's just nuts. And it's, it's not a fun feeling. Um, <laughs> and we were of meager. No, we, I, I, we, we grew up in like a single wide. So um, I had no basement. You know, my friends all had yeah. basements. But, <laughs> yeah. but you were too poor for a basement. Yeah. 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 Um, I believe that. No, no. Um, um, being out there remind me a lot of my training of being in the backcountry of like, mm-hmm. you see these things, you, you go somewhere, right? You leave your area, mm-hmm. you know, you, you do something different and not, not hang on to that metal bar, that, that metal rock bar, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in the middle of a field right. as a lightning rod. <laughs> so did you, yeah. um, did you want to uh, speak more to the incident that happened at garden of the gods? Sure. Well, everybody. <laughs> I mean, I haven't promoted it yet, but um, season two, <laughs> episode two, Bows Happen is up where we discussed some very. I, the, I, I'm so glad I got to edit that one because uh, it took me a long time to edit that episode. Um, and it made me, I had to re listen to so many <laughs> poop stories. It, I was laughing my ass off the whole time. I was. It was a pleasure of mine to sit there for hours piecing that one together but since it's out there i mean do you want to say what happened you know i mean i know the gist of it but okay well um as much as i'd like to act like i'm super tough and whatnot i've been softened a little bit by the elevation that i live in uh and um colorado can consistently you're probably anywhere around six thousand feet you know, I think, I think, I think maybe the lowest point you're at 4,000 feet. So anyways, all this plays a big factor into your, uh, bowel movements or anytime you get about, about 9,000 feet, you're, you're, you're experiencing, um, high altitude flatulence, which is called farts. And, uh, you know, I couldn't tell, I couldn't tell where I was at in this whole field. We're about, I don't know, five days in, um, and uh, Garden of the Gods is a very, very unique and uh, very beautiful place and has a lot of great things to look at um, and a lot of great places to climb and not a lot, a lot of trails because everything is concrete built into it because they want to preserve it to a specific, uh, very specific uh, thing that their original purchaser um, was there. <coughs> I felt a twi- uh, slight twinge and a tightness in my belly as I was hiking up um, one of these trails that we were on. And uh, I knew something was not good, not <laughs> right. And I said that I said to Mrs. Dash that um, I'm going to walk back to the porta potties that we saw, which was probably a good quarter of a mile, maybe even half a mile away. I didn't really think about how far it was. I just know that something wasn't right and I wasn't going to make it. <laughs> However, the little, the, the, that, that thought in me always thinks of things of like, that's not normal of seeing. And I saw a couple of areas where it's like, 
if you want to hike this trail to go and climb this mountain, you need to have a permit. And there were several of those. And one of them happened to be about a good hundred meters or so um, from where I was at. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, I thought I could make it back. I can make it back right to the freaking trailhead and um, I can, I can make it to the porta potties. I'm going to be okay. No, no. I made it to where I saw that sign with the little gate and I waited <clears throat> all about three steps until I saw it was clear. And thank you, garden of the gods. The gods blessed me and nobody literally was walking either way. And I made my way through that gate. With nobody seeing me <laughs> up that trail so fucking fast like I have done before. And I found that one spot where I was able to spread my fucking legs and squat and release whatever fucking demon was inside of me at 7,000 feet. Up. And it came and it went and I fucking sweated. And realized at that time that all I had in my backpack was one fucking wipey left. <laughs> <laughs> one wipey. Okay. I have a little stash, okay? He's a toddler. You keep wipies. These are parent things that you do. This is what happens. But I had a pair of socks that I had to give up. In my backpack. Okay. So so I used those I used that sock and the second sock and that wipey to clean up anything else that I did not get with that sock and I buried it. <laughs> um it wasn't the most exciting and or uh, proudest moments of my life. I've had very low moments um, with pooping in the middle of places, which you will find out in other episodes. <laughs> but um, considering my um, uh, tribute and um, things that I've done from my national parks, I, I feel like I, I have that one to let go. And this is something that I've earned. It's I, I, I guess you can call it um, national park capital and I spent part of my capital on that. And um, I'm sorry, climbers, um, for what you may have to smell. <laughs> but I did it. I'm not sorry. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> and it happened. And just to let you know, only about um, 300 steps from where I um, released <laughs> my devil of a bowel, um, there was a porta potty. <laughs> You're probably better off. Honestly. Yeah, but hey, Garden of the Gods, I'm gonna tell you this much. Provide maps next time, motherfuckers. All right, because I probably would have ran to the next spot and forward, not backwards, had I known where everything was at. Right. Really, I would have. I really would have. It's not my purpose to poop in random ass places as I've done in the last five years of my life because I can't control it. But I would have been there. I would have I would have followed the rules. But you know what? I followed the rules. I pooped 200 yards from a fucking toilet, from a water source. So I'm okay. And I buried it. And you got a good pair of my socks from Skechers. And you got a good-ass wipey that we tend to use around this house. 
Um, so I walked away clean at least um, and no stains and happy. Um, With some dignity. And relieved. <laughs> some dignity that I didn't shit my pants. <laughs> Imagine if he's actually like walked around the rest of the day pantsless. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would have done it, and we would have went straight to the thing and not even looked back. <laughs> straight to the car, not looked back. Yeah. So I have to ask, uh, with the place with the name Garden of the Gods, I have to imagine uh, poop issues aside, um, does it live up to the name? I have to imagine it's incredibly scenic and beautiful there. Is that true? Um, there are a lot of places to stop at, uh, for you to see. There's like the central garden, um, random spots for you to pull over and check out a lot of little hiking trails. Um, so you're not, you're, if, if, if you wanted to just really explore for the day, you can, uh-huh. um, we got lucky and, uh, experienced it on a really low, uh, temperature. Um, when we went, I can imagine it's very hot during, the peak time of the day, but it, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's like, um, garden of the gods. This is a very European thing. Cause a guy was European who, um, bought the land as a prospector. Um, because, uh, I think it's the Arapahos or another Indian tribe, um, excuse me, a native tribe or indigenous, I should say tribe, um, worked and lived in the area that worked meaning that this was part of their areas where they um, went to trap and uh, do uh, their their thing for their commerce, right? And then they went back. It was part of their route. So, but it's absolutely stunning, absolutely beautiful. And if you can see it because it's free, um, and and that was the only thing that this guy, I would say, did as a sense of like, hey. Um, don't so so the guy bought it um as a prospect land and then kept it and then on his dying wish to his kids said i wanted i want to give it to the city or state for them to preserve it Mm -hmm. but they got to not do anything drastic so there can be no alcohol there can be no tobacco um any any type of buildings that can only happen can only um occur to make the park better, mm-hmm. but only better, right? And you have to prove it. You have to say, we're going to add this building to make things better. Other than that, you leave exactly everything the same. Right. Right? Don't do anything else to it. Um, they didn't want to, they don't, they don't want that. Um, they didn't, he didn't want that. And the family preserved that. Um, but he called it Garden of the Gods only because um, he felt like only the gods can make something this, this great. Mm-hmm. True. It's beautiful, but if if you were to stand there and just not not hear anybody, the amount of wildlife that is there is absolutely like um, beyond this world. Like you hear the birds, you hear um, the deer, you hear um, the crickets, the sick, the you know everything is just there. Mm-hmm. They preserved it well enough so they, that happened. So check it out, right. Garden of the Gods, Colorado Spring. Well, absolutely one of the best places well I have to say Denver's been on my list for quite a while um, just haven't made it there's only so much time and money in my yeah. household um, so yeah. I'm happy you got to go and I, I'm happy to have gotten to kind of 
go vicariously through you as well. Um, one thing I wanted to do real quick, um, circle back to tying the, what we started the show off with was something that happened recently. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to soccer, our U.S. women's national team won their second consecutive World Cup. And they now, I believe, have the most championships. They've won four. That's the most of any country. So um, just great job, ladies. We're so proud of you. I actually tuned in um, Sunday and watched. And it was a great game. And thank you for um, shunning the president as well. I'm I'm happy that you're not going to my house. Fuck Donald. That's awesome, man. Like, like just to think about it, right? Like, um, like the depth and and the talent on this team have been have been um, a- absolutely on point of of what you want to see, right? In a team that, you know, you have to pride yourself. We're Americans. Like, like you want to see America win. You want to see um, our our sports talent come out. Mm-hmm. This was it. The men's team hasn't done it, right? And they get paid, what, 20 20 times more? Uh, A lot. (laughs) A lot. (laughs) Right? Um, Well, we'll put it in this way. Um, What the men's team earns is the millions versus what the women's team earns in the thousands Mm -hmm. is probably the best without giving you numbers, Okay because I don't remember the numbers, but that is about the numbers it is, okay, of when they win it. And it's twice. And people are saying, you got to pay them. This shouldn't even be a fucking discussion, man. Well, if I saw correctly, um, the prize pool for the Men's World Cup is like $400 million. The prize pool for the Women's World Cup is like $20 million. And, th- and this is despite the fact that the women's final on Sunday drew more viewers than the final of the men's world world cup last year. More people tune That's in to watch viewership and our, our, our ladies and red, white and blue kick ass. Like they, they're just awesome. I, yeah. I love women's soccer. Um, and yeah. go for you, it. You know, you know, one of the reasons why is I like watching the women's world, uh, even women's soccer period is that um, there's less flopping. There's less right. uh, uh, acting like there's an injury. Like these women, these professionals, I should say, go at it. There's no, and they take it on the chin and they get up and they come back at it. You know, well, they're, they're like this whole flopping. Too they're much the dominant me. species as built to give, give childbirth. I mean, <laughs> getting kicked yeah. in the shin guard is not going to phase them too much. So if they went down, and yeah. they like watching them. If they get down and they pretend, to, well, not say pretend. If they get down and they act as if they're hurt, I'm more likely to believe they're hurt. Is there any? I mean, I don't know. Like these soccer players went to, I don't know, the the Bron James school of flopping or something. I don't know. But and yeah. the men just have like babies out there. It's kind of disheartening. They do. They do. It's a little too much for me. Mm-hmm. It's like. Um, sometimes when I see it, I go, I watch football, you know, like, like I watch American football. You're telling me you're hurt <laughs> from that. I watch American football. Right. You know what I mean? Like I've seen dudes get freaking rocked, get up, wait two or three downs <laughs> and then go back out there right. again. Right. So don't, don't tell me you're hurt. You know what I mean? Because he ran into you and you're like, oh, my chest hurts. 
right? You know, so but right. So that's that's how kind of I don't know. That's that's how I feel about that that part. But um um I hope that they get paid. Uh not a hope. I they should get paid and they get to decide whether or not they want to go to freaking to to see um the president of the United States to hang out. That's totally their right. Um because New England Patriots did the same thing. There are a lot of people that didn't go see President Obama when they won, um, uh, you know, the, the championship. Then, right. so yeah, so let it be as it is, and don't be all pissed off because they're like, but Jesus, these these women, professionals, I should say, they're not women; these are professionals. Right. Watch the video. Okay, go on YouTube and watch their freaking watch their uh, uh, victory and their in their area that they're doing right now. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. That's what we should see more often of. And, um, yeah, damn, let's, let's do it again. Go USA. FIFA women's world cup. Yeah. Go USA. 2023. You know, Netherlands. You want to hear something crazy though? You know, um, um, a point of information for you, sir, is that anytime that there is a, um, USA versus Mexico match, only, only USA versus Mexico match. Um, uh, FIFA is um, very, very concerned on where they play or where they provide the stadium for that one game mm-hmm. is because um, the United States, the U.S. will always object if it's in the Southwest because it'll always be overwhelmingly uh, Mexico-oriented versus U.S.-oriented. And so they try to place the games as far as north as possible. <laughs> But somehow it always ends up predominantly Mexico versus U.S. because they're trying to avoid that 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 uh, stigma or you know what they see has happened. So you can never play in Chicago uh, or Miami or California um, because of those reasons. Yeah, can I say um, something? Uh, it's kind of funny because uh, so the women's World Cup final was on Sunday. Also on Sunday was uh, the Mexico-United States match. And it's just kind of funny to see the juxtaposition where when in the morning people are on social media saying, congratulations, women, you know, and then later in the day it's like, yeah, Mexico. <laughs> and I, I get it. I, I'm, not, I'm not making something out of nothing. Like, um, this is how it goes in our country when it comes to soccer. Like, um so Mrs. Eppy, her grandma was from Holland. So when we're watching um, the World Cup final, she says, hey, I'm happy no matter what. And, you know, I would have said the same thing if had it been, say, Germany versus the United States. Because uh, Germany is one of my um, bigger um, heritage heritages. Um, anyways, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so in mm-hmm. soccer, we tend to do that. Hey, we have the United States, and then we have, like, our predominant um, <laughs> other countries. Yeah. Um, so it's just funny for me to see, like, throughout the day, you know, USA, USA, uh, yes, Mexico, earthquake, you know, <laughs> you know, something. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. But well, I, I guess well, okay. So, United, so I guess for now on, the United States is just going to petition to have all <laughs> USA Mexico soccer matches at like the big house in Ann Arbor, Michigan, or something. <laughs> yeah, it's somewhere right where where. Um, well, here's, here's, okay. So let's, uh, a quick commentary. So, um, um, when, when, one of the times in, in, in my past positions, I, I've, 
I've relayed to individuals that I've worked with that say you're Americans, it's it's quite a concept to them um, <clears throat> that seems foreign but seems accepted because um, they um, understand the fact that um, they're afforded, not afforded, but this is part of things that we are part of what we are, you know, about, you know, being an American that's voting and um, free speech and a lot of things, right? Um, movement um, that when I say that you are that, there are so entrenched in the ideas of um, who their family is and their family comes from a very distant place. And that distance could be Mexico or Salvador, Central American, Central American, South American. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's how, that's how their values are grown up because that's what they see and dream every day. Right. Because that's where there are there. There's, there's um, not a disconnect on that part in sports world. Right. Because mm -hmm. that's what they root for. That's what they do. Um, but oftentimes, um, because there are, um, a lot more, um, of female interactions and, in, um, the field that I was working in, in education, that there's so much more of like, Hey, folk, you know, they're, they're, they're pro women because that's, mm -hmm. that's who, that's who the field is. And so you're like, I can see how you're saying, how is that disconnect is because there it is. There's that bridge. Mm -hmm. There's that sports of being like women are doing this thing that they're saying I can never do. Right. Um, and there are a lot of women that can, there are a lot of women in sports that say you can't win a world cup. And now here you are, they won a world cup mm -hmm. and now they're Americans. But if you were to bring that up again and say, Hey, look, do you see how you're American again? <laughs> it's right. something that they're like, they're processing. Right. And it's, it's, it's an ongoing thing. Um, that I've realized and I've seen with people as well. And even with myself, because um, I'm, I'm, I'm American. I say that I am, I work in a place where I often have to tell people I'm American, that I was born here um, to, you know, relay that act. Right. And that'll, you know, which is sad, um, but it's true. But uh, that is where, family ties and what we see commercially on TV and what we're surrounded around um, clash and mm -hmm. you're seeing these ideas come together again. And it's hard because people want to be true to what they are, um, but also true to where they are mm -hmm. now. Yeah, absolutely. Right? What they are is their family mm -hmm. and where they are now is an American. Mm -hmm. Where do those truths but together, right? You know, and so, and I, I can only speak on what they are. So I don't want to sound like <laughs> I'm an expert in any way. But again, that's how how it's often seen and how I experience it. Right. It's hard because um, it's it's like a double world. I, I guess it's like a double world they're seeing is like you know, you know, you 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 got to be one way to be accepted in this world, and then you got to be another way to be accepted in this world, and and you know. And how is it that they're accepted just all together? Right. Well, it's hard, but it's fun. And that's where, that's where sports, I, I feel sports bring us together a lot. Sports, sports is a, you know, our, our conduit of um, camaraderie and Ooh. drinking beer and eating good food. Hey, we, I mean, without those principles, there would be no up in the stash. Um, 
Right. The, the idea of it started with you saying, hey, I wish we could drink beer and talk sports. I was like, maybe we can. Let's start a podcast. And here we are. Um, but with that said, um, sadly, we are desperately out of time for this evening. Um, Stash, I'm happy to have you home. Do you have any parting words for our audience who missed you last week? Yes. Thank you for being patient. I truly appreciate it. And um, I hope that uh, you get prepared for anything that happens in your life in every which way that you can. Keep in touch with all your loved ones and say even I love you to your friends. What? Um, I love you, man. Love you, too. Love you, too. Like I said, happy to have you back. Um, huge thanks goes out to Steve Castle, who filled in for you while you were gone. We had a lovely episode. Um, if you haven't listened to it yet, go listen to Let's Get Political, where we talk um, um, about the Democratic debates. And unless something happens, we will be back Saturday with another member of the Adate Bell team. We we're going to have Dill Spears on for the first time. So um, barring an emergency, he will be with us Saturday night. And that show will be out sometime next week. And, um, again, my parting words are, Stash, happy to have you home. I missed you. Um, I'm probably going to be throwing in some sort of uh, – I will be editing this episode. I will probably be throwing in some sort of uh, Ozzy Osbourne, Mama, I'm Coming Home song at the end. Because uh, <laughs> he says something like, you know, I've heard your voice a thousand times while we've been apart. Um, and that's not a joke. Mm-hmm. I literally have edited like seven shows in the last week. So I've done nothing but listen to your voice over and over and over and over and over again. So yeah. um, it's a lot of fun. happy to have you home. Happy your house is safe. Happy your family is safe. I'm happy you had a great time and you're rested. And um look forward to seeing you Saturday. Great. Thank you. Until then, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Come and home.